I watched your TED talk and I saw that you described your mom as a tree hugging nature lover and your dad as a businessman and that you come somewhere in between those two <laughs> and that that foundation actually helped to spark your own entrepreneurial passion. So can you share a little bit about uh, your background and how that influenced where you are today? Absolutely, Mariana. So, yeah, I, I come from a, a family that, uh, from my mom's side, she she comes from a, a farmer family in the countryside of Sao Paulo in Brazil, where they used to grow a large-scale organic citrus farm. Mm -hmm. So it was focused on orange and, and lemon mainly. So I would always go to the farm, and my mom would always take me to the forest and to nature, so I, I, has, I, have, I, I have raised in a family that always cultivate nature as part of our uh, life. And then coming from my dad's background, he is, uh, you know, he used to work for banks and in the financial sector. So he's really, you know, the, the opposite of, uh, of my mom. And they are still together and they love each other. And that's, I, it felt that, that I got a bit of both, like the financial background, but also the nature inclusive agriculture background and then and then being passionate for nature but also being passionate about math and then and then and finance i i started to travel across the globe uh, on on search of like innovations and 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 and, um, and nature-based solutions uh, that can can preserve our natural uh, environment and and then when I came back to Brazil, I realized, you know, I, I haven't even been into the Amazon. How can I travel across the globe and not not even home, know my home country? Mm. So I decided to go by by car with a friend from the south to to the Amazon to explore the richness of the of nature around Brazil, getting to know each biome and context. And I saw the how much richness and how much knowledge on people living across the Amazon on how they can produce their own food, fibers, medicine, and so forth and so forth. And I was amazed by how they treat nature and how they respect it. And then when I left the Amazon, I saw this massive deforestation for soybean, cattle ranching, logging industries. And I was questioning myself, why do we need to, uh, to harm nature while producing our major global commodities? Mm. Uh, so is there any way we can produce our agricultural commodities by preserving our natural environment, by including uh, trees or forests into this design process. So that's how I started learning about agroforestry and regenerative farming. And I saw was a lot of knowledge, a lot of like scientific background in it. However, I saw that why is this not mainstream? Why mm -hmm. there is knowledge about these practices, but why is large organizations, the public sector, and so on, they are not applying that into their own uh, systems. So that's how I start questioning myself on how I can play a role in making regenerative agriculture, agroforestry, and nature-inclusive agriculture systems basically mainstream. Mm. Um, and then I saw that this agenda in Brazil is really far behind. So I decided to move to the Netherlands where it, feel, it felt for me the right place to get connected to like-minded uh, like people that is aware about the topic and is also investing in solutions to mitigate such challenges we face today with deforestation, land degradation, and so on. 
And that's how I started. I met my co-founder partner, Marco De Boer, uh, in an event five years ago. And then we started Renature four years ago uh, as an NGO, a foundation. Mm -hmm. And then we are also a for-profit now as well because of the demand from the sector. So, so yeah, this is kind of how motivated us to, you know, build this team together and work on Renature. Mm. So agriculture is a sector which I think uh, in my mind is not very innovative in the sense that maybe there are some different pesticides that come out, but actually the way that we farm has basically been the same for hundreds of years in terms of what we're actually doing. Uh, so how how has that been? You said you've had a lot, a lot of demand, but was it very daunting for you to start out wanting to create such big change in in this industry which has done things the same way for so long yeah no that's a very good question man so we seem like that you know uh, looking at back in the past like in, in the history of agriculture after after the second world war we get we had the green revolution where we built all sort of technologies to to ensure that we can have enough uh, agricultural inputs to provide food security for our world population. So it, it was very important back there, you know, industrial agriculture to ensure food security for uh, for humanity. However, we know time have passed and we have learned on other ways that we can manage soil, that we can, you know, uh, improve our farming systems by mimicking nature. So a lot of advancement advancements in, in science backing up studies showing that there is much more benefits by using uh, organic inputs, by using organic methods for uh, managing soil and so forth. So, so, you know, like you start realizing there's more efficient ways by mimicking nature uh, and it's more nature inclusive uh, than actually having farmers dependent on all those uh, inputs that is an industry that makes farmers even less resilient and more vulnerable to climate volatility or to price volatility. Because once we have an intensive frost or intensive uh, uh, um, intensive uh, uh, dry period, mm -hmm. farmers they have a big loss on yield because of this uh, change in in climate. Just like now in Brazil, we had coffee farmers losing 80% of their harvest wow. because of the, the frost. In France, we had the 60% of farm, viticulture farmers losing their grapes to, for wineries because of uh, intensive frost. Uh, so, you know, across the globe, there is mm -hmm. a common sense that uh, in, uh, climate change is really impacting our agriculture commodities. And there, there is an urgency uh, for farmers to start changing how they manage soil and how they, you know, the, how they produce their own food, uh, not their own, but also food for for us. And 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 the regenerative agriculture plays a key role because you basically start uh, supporting farmers or getting away from this monoculture type of agriculture, which is dependent on one single crop, and you start diversifying your farm to multiple crops. So that farmers can mitigate these risks of like having, for example, a bad harvest of corn, and then they have something else to harvest from that they can actually uh, have the revenues from. So it's not, it's it's spreading the risk across the, the impacts that climate change is putting pressure under our 
agricultural uh, crops in the in the in the, in the globe. Mm-hmm. So so when you set out to create Renature, what was your first big win? Your first big client, and what was the the change that you created with them? Yeah, that's a very good question. So basically, uh, I think the biggest win we had in the beginning was to uh, to come across, um, you know, like uh, uh, feeling the appetite for for the corporates to use, to step in this movement because we started as a foundation, mm-hmm. you know, testing the waters around. Uh, local communities and of, in smallholder farmers uh, to build at least some showcases of, of projects that we can kind of communicate the benefits of uh, such practices. So for us, the biggest win was to see the appetite from the large corporates. So now we are working with Nespresso, with Danone, with Chandon, uh, with uh, Verstein, so uh, Lush as well. So companies that are recognized in the market to realize that they can actually apply that into their own supply chain. So this is something that it's sparking, sparking in them and in their interest to to start uh, adopting internally instead of only thinking that this is like a nice concept, but mm-hmm. but really applying that into their own business uh, operations as well. So what were the steps to getting those big corporate clients on board? Uh, you said that you started out with some smaller local farming projects so you could demonstrate the benefits. And then from there, you just took that, went to the corporates and was it a bit of a a struggle or a battle? What what was the key do you think to to your success in actually selling that? I think like two main things, uh, Mariana. So one is like really showing their inspirational side of things, like why this is good for the farmers and the, and the planet. So, you know, looking at the perspective of impact and the future generations that we need to to care about them and so forth, so like more the romantic side that, you know, every corporate has an individual inside the organization who also have kids and who also cares about the future. So they communicate internally inside the organizations the need to do something about this. So the inspirational side. And then secondly is the business case. So we really focus on communicating the economical benefits of the transition so that companies they can really see that this is not just like a romantic kind of concept but there's like economics behind uh, transitioning towards regenerative agriculture Mm -hmm. because uh, so if we have numbers supporting the argument of transitioning uh, why wouldn't they so we we have made a very clear kind of infographics around showing some economical benefits uh, for multiple crops like coffee and cocoa and so forth and this is kind of an inspirational for companies and farmers uh, to see okay this is something we should look at because if we can you know make more profit by using a principle that is going in in favor of nature why wouldn't we do that so i think these are the main the major two reasoning why uh, we kind of was able to inspire the industry and, and, and corporates on this change. And you have a very ambitious goal to regenerate 1 million hectares of degraded land by 2030. How far or how close are you to achieving that goal? That's a, yeah, that's a very interesting question. So we, we have uh, started Renature by uh, doing 
few small projects, right? So, so, so in the 2018, when we when we started Renature, we were able to regenerate around 135 hectares, and then by 2020, uh, we're able to regenerate around 4,000, and then now we are in around 40,000 hectares being wow. regenerated. Mm -hmm. So it's it's growing fast. Very fast. And yeah. One million is still very ambitious. Very ambitious. Uh, yeah. Very ambitious. <laughs> but if you look at the amount of land that are degraded across the globe, which is 1.9 billion hectares, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's 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 sort of like still a small number, relatively. Yes. Uh, but we wanted to make a realistic kind of uh, you know uh, approach, so we quantified based on a uh, on the amount of farmers we have across the globe and amount of hectares of land that they are managing. So we came up with this reasonable number so that we can really have some something concrete to execute by 2030. Yeah. But, you know, it can go both ways. We can get be surprised that maybe it was too ambitious and we were not able to make it. Mm. But it can go also in the other directions where, where we thought, okay, maybe we can even go beyond the 1 million. So, yeah. so you know, like we, we are we, we will see the trend around like this coming two to three years to make sure that we are on track of this this ambitious goal but not not to to, to mention that we have the 1 million uh, hectares target however we also have the 10 million uh, farmers uh, transition uh, target so uh, and then 10 million farmers uh, transition uh, by 2030 it means that we aimed for two percent of total smallholder farmers to transition by 2030 so it's it's also very ambitious mm -hmm. uh, but just to just to tell you that the, our impacts metrics is not only based on land but it's also based on farmers uh, food security and farmers social uh, impact as well yeah that's great so who what will it take who do you need to accomplish those goals what kind of partnerships who who are you looking for because the, the idea with the, the green techpreneur is that it's not just an online magazine but it also is a connecting platform for people in the industry so who, who do you want to get in touch with yeah. we we now have a very vast network of farmers uh, and communities and uh, and uh, possible projects in our pipeline that are requesting uh, support mm -hmm. so technical support and financial support. So Renature is the organization that provides this technical assistance, but we are looking for uh, uh, possible financial institutions. So either impact investors, banks, or even like philanthropy organizations, because some of our projects are at the early stage investment. So it needs some sort of like philanthropy capital before going to an investment uh, ready project. So. So now we are looking at uh, possible investors, funders, um, and uh, and grants to projects, but also looking at possible corporate partners. Uh, aside from the ones we work with, like Nespresso, Lush, Danone, also looking for expanding our portfolio across the industry. So not only the food industry, but also the textile industry. So fashion brands that also requires to change their cotton, uh, rubber, and so on plantations. And, but also the cosmetics and uh, and, um, uh, and and perfumes brands like uh, for instance uh, uh, Lush, Dior, Natura, and then also the, the pulp and paper industry, the timber industry. Uh, so you know, like in in the end, we look at uh, every organization or industry that 
is working with a specific crop or uh, or a species that is it's being managed by soil, then we are you know working with. Uh, so so yeah, basically funders, investors, and and you know the financial institutions as well as corporates uh, that are willing to transition in their supply chain. That's great. Okay, I, I hope. Whoever listens to this podcast gets in touch with you <laughs> to help you reach that one million. Um, now, when you when you first started off with Renature, we all know that the entrepreneurial journey uh, is not easy. That it's it has a, there are ups and downs and pivot points. What what do you think it took you to get the ball rolling? Like, yeah, uh, to, to, to get started. To, to get started, what, what qualities did you think you needed to have? Yeah. And were there any uh, very difficult obstacles that you had to overcome? Since we started with Nature, we have came across, you know, like uh, some challenges indeed. But for us, the biggest, uh, the biggest like fuel for us to do uh, what we did is like really the passion around uh, having the capacity to and knowledge to you know change the game in the food industry. So we are we wake up every day like at, at least me and my and, the, and my co-founder partner Marco like you know having the security and the confidence that we can actually do this. So this is what gives us you know the the trust amongst people we work with and also the 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 confidence that we can achieve this. So for us it really brings us a lot of inspiration to to do this and and then of course there are some challenges on the way and one is like that a lot of organizations uh, it's too is very fresh and new this topic uh, in the market so we we have we spend a lot of time and, and efforts and money on educating the market about this concept so we have you know several meetings with organizations that require more understanding from a technical basis, but also from a financial basis, on what does it mean for them to transition. So this takes us a lot of time because it's a new thing in the market and it's really challenging to kind of turn that uh, you know conversation into a, a something concrete as a project mm -hmm. because it has to go around many discussions uh, because they're still learning about this topic. So so yeah, the conversion uh, of like deals that are under you know, early stage to close one, it can take a while for us. So this is one of the challenges. Um, and then, and then, and then, of course, you have other ones. So for instance, um, some organ, yeah, like some some organizations, they are far behind, or you know, they they have a vast like supply chain. So a fashion company, they they have so many intermediates to to know where the cotton comes from. So so once they want to do this, like. They want. They need to figure out everyone who is in the chain until the the farmer who is growing the cotton, for example. So, it's 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 also taking more time, you know, to get uh, a full understanding on how we can uh, assist this this organization by changing their farming systems because we're talking about the end of the chain of all these organizations, mm. right? Yeah. Some companies they don't even know where the palm oil or the cotton or the soybean is coming from. So, this is a bit challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then, yeah, uh, 
something else challenge that we face is the, the rapid growth mm. uh, because we are growing rapidly and uh, so we are expanding the team and we want to make sure that we have we take the right steps so so like uh, developing a process before putting uh, you know hiring new people so so that it can be easier follow this process instead of like you know hiring people and then developing the process so this this is something we have been prioritizing a lot so really focus on the quality of the process uh, uh, of the structure of renature so and then but then go, what goes along with this is that what we learn is that we hire like some uh, seniority in the beginning uh, coming from or, uh, recognized organizations like Rabobank, Danone, uh, that that are able to kind of bring us also some uh, uh, experience mm -hmm. uh, to you know to grow the organization. So this gives us a lot of like uh, yeah relief that we are not alone as mm -hmm. as, as uh, entrepreneurs, me and Marco. Yeah. Uh, so this is really good as well uh, to have some seniority level coming from you know recognized inst institutions organizations yeah yeah that sounds good and uh, what three bits of advice top bits of advice would you give to other founders climate tech founders who are in your shoes based on what you've learned you know the only way we can actually su succeed in 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 uh, reaching you know uh, net zero and having a positive impact at scale is that is if we collaborate with you know multiple actors in the chain like we cannot do alone uh, anything for organizations so if we're going to work with a corporate they need to hire at least four more or three more renatures to actually enable their full uh, you know um uh, supply chain to transition so so you know if you step in in this like think of like uh, building a network of uh, people that can support you on reaching your goals mm. uh, so collaboration is key and um, uh, for anything that you, you you want to make successful in this as impact uh, entrepreneur and if you had a magic wand and you could make any change happen in the world what would it be and why I would, you know, I would, uh, I would basically turn um, every single piece of degraded land that we have today, which is 1.9 billion hectares, into uh, regenerative agriculture farmland, mm -hmm. um, so that we can diversify this uh, degraded land, grow multiple crops that can serve for multiple benefits for the communities and farmers who are living there in that ecosystem. Uh, for the local markets that can sell the super products of this the farm design and for corporations that can actually benefit from this major cash crop or commodity as you call uh, to, to supply them on, uh, in the long term because you know we have we, we are now using land for mainly food uh, feed with for animal feed and fuel so so we we will face in the near future a land war because there is not enough land to provide enough for people animals and uh, and energy so mm -hmm. if we don't if we don't start regenerating those per degraded land purchasing them and and diversifying with regenerative agriculture and supplying multiple organizations multiple far farmers uh, you know local markets then we we 
we cannot make it uh, to the end. So I'm, I think it's um, if we want to if to really do something big and uh, important for the planet, I think uh, regenerating the, the greater land should, should be one of the priorities. There is no healthy society if there is no healthy soil. Mm. So, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the philosophy you're looking for, but it's like we cannot live as a healthy, you know, planet, healthy society if we don't treat the soil he healthy enough. Because we are not even like like using cover crops, like just like us humans, we need to use sunscreen to protect from the sun to not get burned. The soil acts as the same. They need to also have a layer of vegetation, of greenery, to protect from the sun, so that you can keep the moist and keep the soil nutrients rich enough. So, so for me, there's it's like no the skin, the, the skin of the earth in a way, then, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's it's incredible how, as a society, for the last hundred years or so, we've developed through industrialism. We've we've developed in such a way that nature and how that works was was just almost completely left out of the picture. And yeah, now <laughs> we're we're learning more and more that it's a it's a living, breathing thing. Soil is not just soil that we walk on, but it's the skin of the earth and uh the the earth is just a big another big organism right that we have to take care of so it's it's a it's a big mindset shift and you almost have to ask yourself why it was ignored for so many years but in any yeah. case it's happening now right Farm, farmers and the, the industry is realizing there's more effective ways of of, of farming like uh, because I, I think like you know like we have so many farmers in debt because they all rely on these, you know, agrochemicals, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then and then each year they need even more because they get dependent on it, and then they, you know, climate volatility start increasing, and then the and then this the yield start decreasing because of that, and then they think that they need to use more pesticides mm -hmm. to you know to to combat those uh, species that are coming to their land that they were not used to come because of climate they are coming. And then you know it's just like a it's like a, a, a loop without ending, well with an ending for sure, but not a good positive ending. So if we actually have a more circular agricultural system that you know includes uh, you know inputs that comes from you know regional sourcing, then we have much more uh, self-sufficient agricultural system in the future. Yeah. Uh, on to some final questions. Yeah. If you could teleport yourself into your future and you could be anywhere doing anything, where would you be and what would you be doing? Uh, if I would be like uh, in, in a place and do like... Sorry, you could choose uh, anywhere. Uh, a, hy a hypothetical future in which you had uh, total control. <laughs> what, where, where would you be? I would be in the borders of the Amazon, uh, converting all the land that has been deforested into agroforestry. Wow! Yeah. So, like, really, like, you know, getting the, getting the 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 the, the shovel mm -hmm. with the farmers across the Amazon borders, yeah. which areas has that has been deforested to help them to replant those forests but by growing also food and even also cash crops for for corporates 
to play a role also in the in the Amazon regeneration. Mm. That's a that's a fantastic mission. Well, I I, I hope I'll follow up in ten years time and <laughs> and I'll I see you there do that. Sorry. You can, you can... You can join me with the shovel. Uh, sure, I will. Yes, <laughs> I love being able to speak to people like you uh, in this industry and to see what everyone's doing with so much uh, passion and motivation. It's fantastic. Is there anything that else that you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, maybe I think it's interesting to add that uh, you know, like because because um, you know we are. A growing organization in this field, and 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 it's super interesting and position we are at because we are becoming sort of like this reference brand when the topics about regenerative agriculture and so forth. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's super important to kind of add that um, that we we as 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 organizations working in this field, like once if if we if we don't see uh, synergies or if we don't collaborate uh, we we cannot like we cannot we cannot fall into the same mistake of the competitive competitive like um, uh, mindset mm -hmm. you know so I think uh, I think the main message that I would like to give is like if we don't have a collaborative mindset and and, and start identifying each one's role in the ecosystem there's always something that we can add to each other so so I just would like to see that this this regenerative agriculture, you know, all these initiatives working towards climate mitigating our climate crisis, can really uh, collaborate and focus on the partnerships instead of having this kind of mindset that you know, like talking bad about each other mm -hmm. and you know, like I see a lot of people in the movement of uh, the vegan, the plant-based diets, you know, saying hey that burger is not healthy, mm -hmm. but you know, but it's still like much better than you know so just like try to not be so critical to organizations that are going the same direction be critical to the ones that are not going that direction <laughs> uh, so that's my, my point i love that in fact i think that's a great quote that came from you <laughs> <laughs> yeah be, be critical of the organizations that are not going in the same direction that's very true yeah, yeah. okay that's true that, that's gonna be a quote maybe. yeah you get your own quote <laughs> 